Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, Miss Tam. How are you doing over there? I'm doing most excellent. How are you, Renee? I'm doing fantastic. I just want to know, how was Miami? Miami was Miami. Miami was Miami. Oh, (laughs) no, Miami (laughs) was most excellent. I'm so happy to be back in Los Angeles. I know that sounds strange because most people would not say they're happy to leave Miami. But for me, being someone who lives in Los Angeles, where the weather's always great, you know what? It's all about being in my bed. I can have well, you know, I don't know if the weather at, well, yeah, Los Angeles weather is way better than Miami. I'm not even going to sit here and have that debate. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but our water is not as beautiful as Miami because that Caribbean water is just, uh, it's awesome. But Miami was lovely. The rain stayed away. The race was everything. I was at the track all day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. In fact, I took a red eye to Miami, got off the plane, picked up a card. I want to, first of all, before I say anything else, I want to say shouts to Ford for hooking a sister up, as they would say. Ford let me drive a Ford Edge while I was in Miami for the entire weekend. And I just want to say this is a compact SUV, but for a compact SUV, it has some spunk and it looked good. And I'm not making this up and I'm not saying this to blow up Ford. But when I pulled into the track on Friday, one of the security guys, he was like, hey, what is this? He was like, is, is that that edge? And I was like, yep. He was like, this is nice. Very nice. I was actually shocked that he even knew what it was. But more importantly, he kind of validated my thoughts because when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is pretty nice. I was a little skeptical because I am somebody, as you guys know, who drives a two-seater and I like a car that's fast. People in Florida don't drive fast, so I didn't get a chance to really test it, but it has some spunk. It has some get up and go. And the color that I had was amazing. It was like a navy dark blue. So shouts to Ford for hooking me up. Maybe it's a car uh, Brad Keselowski would want to drive next year. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So before we even jump into Bad Brad and all his complaints and how he didn't win the championship and who fought it really is that he didn't win. How was your weekend, Renee? Oh, my weekend was uh, pretty good, not compared to to yours in Miami, but uh, and not as exciting, but uh, pretty relaxing compared to that. I had a few comedy shows that I did in town, and um, really, honestly, Sunday I was off the whole day, and I had time to watch the race, and uh, and I'm glad that I did because I enjoyed the race more than I did watching my Cowboys lose really bad to their Philadelphia Eagles. But in any case, I wish I was in Miami because it looked like a lot of fun, and I'm I'm glad you're back home safe. It's always glad to have you back. And I know traveling from East Coast to West Coast and West Coast to East Coast back and forth like that is just really, really exhausting. Uh, I don't think people really realize that. So uh, shout out to you there, Tam, for uh, doing that for our All Turns No Breaks podcast and going back and forth like that because I know how tough it is. 
Yes, it is very tough to go to a place like Miami. Let me just say that. <laughs> okay, on a side note, what I do want to add about my trip is that Miami is interested in the sense that every place in Florida has all these toll rolls. And because I was driving the Ford and I had manufacturer sticker or manufacturer plates, I was skeptical about getting on anything that said toll roll because in Miami it's told by plate, meaning that you get the pass or however it works. And then I don't really understand it, but I guess when you go through the toll, it takes a photo of your plate and then it automatically charges your car because I was in a different car. You know, you might as well say a rental car. I didn't know how it worked until Saturday. Somebody told me I needed to stop at 7-Eleven and get some kind of pass to put in the window or whatever. But saying all that to say, I spent my entire time in Miami avoiding toll rolls. I spent a lot of time in the car. I just will say this. Every day, it took me at least an hour and 15 minutes to get to the track. Oh so my goodness. I am glad to not be in Miami, to be in California, a place that hasn't got too hipped about charging the residents right. money to drive yeah. on the highway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nonetheless, that I just had to add that two cents about Miami. I enjoyed my time behind the wheel of the Ford Edge, but I did not enjoy all the time that I yeah, had to no, spend. I can that was unnecessary because I'm trying to avoid toll rolls. But okay. Right. With that being said, I guess it's time for us to just kind of jump straight into this race. This is the final race of the season, or it was the final race of the season. We went into the race at Homestead, Miami, with four drivers all fiving for the championship. We already know what happened. Martin Truex Jr. became the champ. He is the first time champ. And it was only fitting because all the other drivers had already had a championship. He was actually the only driver who hadn't. So now he does. I mean, right. he, he pretty much smoked the competition. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, you know, Tim, if he hadn't won that race. I don't know about anybody else, but I would have felt like a little bit disappointment for him and his team because they drove so well this year. I mean, not just a few races here and there. I mean, but Tam consistently, Truex Jr. drove so well and so beyond on another level than any of these drivers. And Kyle Busch was standing there because Kyle Busch had a really good year as well. But Truex Jr. just stood out alone, I thought. And if he would have came up short, which he could have likely have done, I mean, what a disappointment that would have been. But you know what? He didn't. He won. And you're right. It is fitting that he did because he had the best season out of all the drivers. And he was the only one that didn't have a championship. And it seemed like even though that he had the most consistent year, it seemed like he was still kind of the underdog regardless of the season that he had because... Just what you said, he was the only one without a championship, and Kyle Busch could have easily won that race, as well as Kevin Harvick. As well as Kyle Larson, and as well as Matt Kenseth. Ah, you know, yeah, I have to throw in that Matt Kenseth. Because at one point, I was like, holy crap, don't look now, but Matt Kenseth is in P3. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he was running well, but of course he had to pit, and that went that. But man, going back to Kyle Busch, you know, I picked Harvick to win. I believe you and Front Row Kenny, and shouts to Front Row Kenny, who was supposed to be on with us talking some NASCAR, but he was not able to make it because of some last minute situation. But hopefully he will be back with us 
on next week's podcast and not to jump conversations because I know it's been a question. We will probably do two more podcasts before we shut it down for the off season. Like the drivers, we need a break as well. So (laughs) we'll... A well-deserved. Yeah, we'll come on next week, which is championship week. We'll be in Vegas. So we'll probably do two more episodes before we shut it down. One episode just kind of recap in Vegas and maybe something to just either a best of type of show or something to recap the season. And then we're shutting it down. But Front Row Kenny will definitely, at least we hope, he'll be on one of those episodes. So shot to Front Row Kenny. And getting back to what we were saying or what I was saying or maybe what you were saying, because as we all know, I'm always saying something and I interrupted you. So I forgot what you were saying. (laughs) But. Truex was your pick, and I believe Front Row Kenny's pick. And we also had Sherwin on the show last week. I'm not, I forgot who Sherwin picked. I would have to look that up. But I know I went with Kevin Harvick. Kevin did not come home with the championship as I suspected, but he ran pretty well. Yeah. Just a side note, real quick. I believe Sherwin picked Brad Kislowski to pull an upset off and win that race. Well, Brad, definitely, it was no upset in Brad other than he was upset at himself. He didn't even really run well. Like, he shockingly, noticeably, I mean, I think he was running like ninth or 10th all race. I'm like, yeah, that that was not the best car ever. (laughs) You know, well, we all know because he blamed it on everybody and said basically, and I'm going to summarize it, that Ford needed to get it together. I'm going to leave that alone. Which is why. Which is why I said maybe he might want to drive that rental car that you you were driving this past weekend. Look, I'm going to leave that alone because it, it was just unusually strange that he didn't run. Like at no point, I don't I don't recall him ever running in the top four for that matter. Yeah, the entire it seemed like night. he wasn't even like much of a factor in the last race there. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm going to give you guys the top 10 from Miami Homestead. We know Truex won, which for the most part guaranteed that he would become the champ. Bush came in second, Kyle Larson third. My other guy, my Stuart Haas man, Harvick came in fourth. Elliott, Chase Elliott came in fifth. Logano sixth, Bad Brad seventh, Matt Kenseth eighth, Denny Hamlin ninth, and Ryan Newman 10th. And that that was pretty much your top 10. I'm not going to break down everybody else. Not that everybody else doesn't matter, but you know, hey, it's called the top 10 for a reason. Some notables were Dale Jr. finished 25th. Very disappointing for that guy, for his fans. I wish he would have come in at least top five. That would have been most excellent. But you know what? It's over. Yeah, I think even the top 10 would have been good enough for him and his fans, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, well, I mean, a win this season would have been great, but we already know that did not happen. Jimmy Johnson, so disappointing. He came in 27th, and Ryan Blaney came in 29th. Now, I'm not quite sure what happened with Blaney. One of the great things about being at the track is you're in the thick of the action. But one of the bad things about being at the actual track is you're not in the thick of the action. And I know that contradicted itself or my statement, but hear me (laughs) out when I say, when you're watching it on TV, you don't miss anything. You can see 
everything because between right. TV, whether you have serious radio, or if you are listening to the app, which lets you listen to the drivers, you can pretty much get everything you need. Although from what I heard from some of our followers on Twitter, NBC coverage was a bit interesting because they only talked about the championship four as opposed to updating the viewers at home what other drivers were doing. Right. And and I had, I think I saw maybe three or four tweets just to us personally where people were complaining about that. But when you're at the track, you can't see everything unless you're sitting in front of the TV. Because when you're at the track in the pits or even if you're in the stands, you only see what you see. Right. There were some things that I did miss because I was running back and forth between the media center and shots to Homestead Miami for being such a gracious host. Everybody was so nice. I mean, from food being served to the popcorn to the pretzels, even at the end of the night on Sunday, there was some pizza flowing. And if you saw the press conference with Martin Truex Jr. that started about an hour late, there was even some beer flowing someplace somewhere around the media center. <laughs> but I don't drink right. beer, so I don't know anything about that. So it's just kind of a catch-22. It's great to be at the track because there's nothing like being at an actual race. But there are some things you miss when you're at the track. So for me, I think I caught everything that was going on, but I didn't because I was at the track. You can't be every place. You can't see everything. Like I do recall when Danica got into her accident and Casey came, Mm -hmm, I literally was someplace else. I think I was walking from the track back into the media center when that all happened. And I caught it on the replay and I was like, holy crap, maybe I should go over to the infield care center because the drivers will come out and do interviews right after. But I was like, dude, it's just not going to happen. You know what I thought about that whole situation, Tam, is and because we had our guest Sherwin on last week and he was talking about how he was such a big Casey Kane fan, which was a surprise to, I think, all the rest of us on the podcast. But, you know, it was just amazing how with what unfolded with Danica, um, even at earlier in the week where she just she broke down and she made it known that, that she was done. But number one, for her day to end that way, which is not the way that she wanted it ended, I'm sure. But then for Casey Kane to just have that accident right behind her. I mean, there was really well, nothing yeah, he, he could do. Yeah, he ran right into her. Like, I was like, yeah, ex- exactly. I wish Sherwin was on today because I'd, I'd love to have his reaction on that. But what a, a disappointing day for both Casey Kane and Danica Patrick. I mean, it's just really disappointing. Yeah. Well, she's done, so she won't have to worry about any more hard hits. It, yeah. Well, let's retract that because she did say she has plans to run Daytona, the Daytona 500. So let me just retract that whole statement. She will be getting hit hard in Daytona if you know she's <laughs> not able to avoid the big one. On that note, I did want to just add a comment. And we're not going to talk about every single thing because I feel like a lot of the storylines have been beat in the head and then some. Right. This podcast, we're not going to sit here and drill on everything. Dale Jr. retiring, Matt Kenzie. We will talk about those things, but we're not going to beat it in the head anymore because at this point, it is what it is. Dale's done. Matt seems to be done. And Danica is done as well. I did want to add one little thing. Over the year and a half or two years that we've been doing this podcast, we have always maintained that 
We're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans. Right. Even though we haven't said that in a long time. But I will tell you, sitting in the media center when Danica decided to make her announcement, or not decided, but when Danica made her announcement, to see her break down like that, I was I felt just so like, wow. But it was the first time I ever really felt I don't want to use the word sympathy, but it was truly the first time I ever felt some type of way for her. I saw some people tweeting and sharing on social that she finally showed that she was human. I don't necessarily agree with that because, dude, we're all humans. But it Mm -hmm. was the first time that you really felt like, wow, Danica, you know, you felt something. I just don't know how to explain it. But I hate to see anybody go out the way she's going out when it's not on her own terms. Yeah, right. Totally understand that. It's like with Cousin Carl, there was no fanfare. He just announced that he's done. And we know behind the scenes what was going on with his announcement and how it came about. But even with Dale, Dale had this huge farewell tour with Tony. He went out the way he wanted to go out. He basically was like he was, for the most part, done with Cup because of the downforce and everything else. You know, he kind of aged out the game, but he was able to go out on his own terms. Matt Kenseth, he is not necessarily going out on his own terms, but at least he had an opportunity to kind of the last, you know, race with him and Dale getting together doing the photo shoot and he actually won a race. It kind of shaped yeah. up for him to somewhat walk away on a high note. But with Danica, it's like, dude, you have no sponsorship. You have no team. You're done. See you. Bye. You know, it's like, see, you wouldn't yeah. want to be you kick you in the butt. Don't look back. It was almost like a card dealer in Vegas where they clap their hands and just kind of do away with you. (laughs) Exactly. and I mean, literally, it was like that. So, yeah, you're right. I can see how that would be the case for Danica. Yeah. And one other thing I want to touch on, because it just drives me absolutely bonkers, is that everybody says everything. And Jeff Gluck had a really, really good tweet where he talked about, he just listed all the stars that are gone. Like, the star power has pretty much evaporated from right. NASCAR with a blink of the eye. But I'm just a little taken back that we don't talk about Greg Biffle. It bothers yeah. me because Greg Biffle is another guy who was there and then he's gone and it's not on his own terms. And I mean, let's face it, not everybody has an opportunity to leave things on their own terms. But Let's acknowledge Greg Biffle for being one of our veteran drivers who is missed because there are some Greg Biffle fans, me being one of them. I miss Greg. Now, granted, I don't think I will ever miss him as much as I miss Tony Stewart or Matt Kenseth for that matter, and even Cousin Carl, but I do want to acknowledge that he was also wrapped up into the changing of the guard in the last year and he's gone as well and to recap Mm -hmm. and not to be the dead head or dead horse in the head or however the term is you guys already know we lost jeff gordon tony stewart now matt kenseth jr cousin carl and greg biffle all within a year and to be quiet amazing huh the quietest cap i feel like something else is about to happen in the next year I, I'm feeling like yeah. maybe a Ryan Newman is going to be done. 
I do know it's coming with Jimmy Johnson. I give Jimmy one more year, maybe two. And then if he doesn't see any kind of improvement in the team or even maybe his personal team, I think you're right. I think he might just say, hey, you know what? If I don't get this next championship or if I don't, if I can't taste it that bad enough, yeah, I think you're right. I think he might hang that up. Yeah. Well, speaking of team, we already know his team is just pretty much about to be the young boys. And his new teammate, William Byron, actually won the Xfinity series. So mm-hmm. he's a rookie who won in his one year in Xfinity. And now he's taken over the number five car for Casey Kane. So, and then Alex Bowman already proved that he can win. He hasn't won, obviously, on the cup level yet. But I think he is going to be one to watch next year. And then on another note, as you know, as everyone knows, William Byron is actually a junior motorsports guy. So, shouts to Junior, because although Junior had a dismal year, At least he did win a championship with his driver in Xfinity. And just also to recap, Christopher Bill won the Camping World Series. So he won the Truck Series. So there are three champions. Truex Jr. for Cup, William Byron for Xfinity, and Christopher Bell for Trucks. Right. Congratulations to all three of them. Yeah. Side note. We were wrong on so many levels, Renee. You know what we were wrong about? Oh, can't wait for this one. <laughs> we were wrong about who was going to be the rookie of the year for Cup. Oh, that's right. Daniel Suarez just did not. I posted a photo on Twitter of him in a garage in Miami. He had mm-hmm. some sparks of greatness this season, but it just kind of faded very quickly. I mean, Eric Jones, I think. Eric is the rookie of the year. Wait, was it even announced or am I just putting that out there? I think it was announced he's the rookie of the year. But he started to come on strong towards the end. I can't say the same for Daniel. It's like Daniel went in the opposite direction. And we already know Ty Dillon wasn't even a factor, which is... I don't know. I can't even say interesting because it's Yeah, yeah, but I I can... It is what it is. I knew what you were saying. (laughs) Yeah, he just wasn't a factor. But he'll probably get better. What do you think? Well, let's hope so. But it's like as he gets better, the competition is just going to get that much better. Yeah, but if he is going to get better, this is the time to do it while these other young drivers are coming in and he can maybe some kind of find a way to find his own niche within these guys like Larson, like Elliott, and like Eric Jones, like Daniel Suarez. He can find a way to fit in and see how he can manage to make his own name, make his own mark. This will be a great way to do it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Eric Jones is the rookie of the year. It was announced. See, this is the thing about being at the track. It's so much information you sometimes... I don't know. I knew he was the rookie of the year. I just don't know what... Okay, forgive me. I had a brain fart. He is the rookie of the year. (laughs) I knew that, but I wasn't officially sure that I knew that. Can you officially not be sure that you know something? I don't know. That's right. That's a good point. Well, I'm not going to get into Ty Dillon's stats, but I will just kind of give you guys a little breakdown of Eric Jones' stats. He competed in all 36 races this season. He didn't win, but he did have one pole. He had five top five finishes. And he had 14 top 10 finishes. And he finished 19th in points. 
So he deserved to be rookie of the year. I believe Daniel Suarez, I'm not quite sure what his stat breakdowns was, but I do know he finished 20th overall in driver standings and Ty Dillon finished 24th. So not bad at all. He deserved to be rookie of the year. It's just that I didn't see it coming. I actually thought that Daniel Suarez would be rookie of the year. Right. Such is life. Okay. Yeah. Since we just talking about standings really quick, Toyota, to the dismay of Brad Kozlowski, they lead all manufacturers. They are the top dogs. Toyota won the manufacturer's standings. Yeah. Look. And um, and Ford came in second. And Chevy came in third. In terms of team's furniture role, because of Martin Truex Jr., came in the top spot. And Joe Gibbs, the number 18 team, came in the second spot. And Stuart Haas, the number four, came in the third spot. And Penske, with their alliance with the Root Brothers, so the number 21, came in fourth. And Hendrick, the number 24, as in Chase Elliott, they came in fifth. And I'm not going to go through all the... um team standings but that's the top five for you i mean it's nothing new we already knew furniture row the denver-based team was doing their thing thanks to martin truex jr so there you have it what was surprising though about everything this season and we talked about it a little bit on our twitter chat is joey logano i mean he didn't even make the playoffs right i mean granted playoffs yeah, we're talking playoffs. Playoffs. Yep. Don't talk about playoffs to Joey Logano. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like disappointing. I mean, I was a little disappointed in how Dell Jr. finished this season. And yep. quite frankly, I felt like something happened with Jimmy Johnson towards the end. So I definitely yeah. was disappointed with Jimmy. But Joey was the most noticeable because he didn't make the playoffs. It's not like he got in the playoffs and something happened. He didn't even make it. Like, right. I was and also, I'm not disappointed in Kyle Larson's season and how it ended. But I am because I really thought that guy, the young guy, was going to be racing for the championship. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who was even more upset with Joey Logano was Kyle Busch. In, the, in that last race. I mean, you know, he felt like Joey Logano blocked him at one point, and he was none too happy about that. But Joey and, and Kyle, I mean, that whole thing just seems to have stuck around for some reason. But it's amazing. But as far as Joey Logano it's himself, I'm in total agreement with you. You know, it's just really disappointing because to me, Tam, and I know we've talked about this before, he just never was the same person after that accident he got in with the number 43 and if you remember that one, that was earlier in the season. Oh, yeah, with you know, Danica. Just, it, yeah, and uh, Eric Amarola. Just, I mean, he just never seemed to be the same driver after that throughout the entire season. There, there was like a small flash where you thought, okay, maybe he's got it back, but he just never was the same. But hopefully, you know, next year he can get it back on track. And But, you know, it remains to be seen. Speaking of Eric Amarola, have we, I think we talked about it a little bit because if we haven't, I'm just going to say it again. Or if we have, I'm going to say it again because I'm, I, my feelings haven't changed. I'm not feeling him taking over the number 10 car. That's it. Yeah. I'm excited that Bubba Wallace will have an opportunity to race in cup and that Bubba will be in the number 43 next year, but I'm not excited about Eric Amarola being in the number 10. And there's no disrespect to Eric. I just feel as if 
that car should have went to Matt Kenseth. Okay, right. I'm just going to say it. Matt Kenseth, Matt Kenseth, Matt Kenseth. <laughs> the quiet assassin. Yeah, you guys know how I, I just have an unconditional love for Matt Kenseth. And well, hopefully he... Well, hopefully he can quietly find an, another sponsor real, real oh, quick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and a team. On a complete side note, on the grid, on the track before the start of the race, something told me to keep walking. I never walked to the end because, let's face it, usually at the end of the grid, that's where you have your co-wits and the guys who don't finish as well. Let me just say that. And no disrespect to Cole because I actually really like Cole Witt. So I don't want to say it like, oh, Cole Witt. But I just so happened kept walking. And I was like, why are there so many people down here? Because I guess I started the grid in the middle right after the race. And then I walked and I said, holy crap, there's Matt Kenseth down here. And he was taking photos. Like I'd spend a lot of time at the number 10 car because Tony Stewart was there and all the drivers were lined up and they were taking team photos and stuff. But Danica hadn't arrived yet. So I said, okay, I'll hang out a little bit until Danica comes and take some final photos with her team and her team owner. But right after that, I kept walking. I've run into this crowd and I'm like, holy crap, this is Matt Kenseth taking photos with his family and just, you know, fans and sponsors and stuff. I didn't even notice that Junior was right behind him. So they had Del Jr. McKenzie at the very end of the grid. And when I say it was chaotic down there, it was chaotic, but not as chaotic considering many people I don't think knew Dell was all the way down at the end. So I got an right. opportunity to take some great photos of Dell with the boss man, Rick Kendrick, as well as Matt Kenseth and his beautiful family with his wife and his girls. I don't recall seeing his son Ross there, but... It was the wife who's also pregnant. Let's hope she's having a boy. Just complete side note. Right. And the three girls. And the three girls were so adorable. One, she had her little Instamatic camera. She was taking photos like the photographers, which I thought was so cute. And I stood there and I watched and was like, wow, this is it. You know, it, it was a little sad moment for me. You guys know I am the biggest Tony Stewart fan. Not that I don't root for other drivers, but Tony was my guy. I have a thing for the veteran drivers. Of course, naturally, I was excited when Clint Boyer got in the number 14 car because, mm -hmm. you know, that's my guy too. Not that I don't like any of the younger guys. It's just that I like a lot of the veteran guys. But as I stood there and watched McKenzie, and then right after that, Junior, I was like, dude, this is just the changing of the guard happened. Yeah. And it seemed like it happened real quick, Tam, right? I mean, like it literally happened like overnight. It just seemed like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Who is that? And where are these drivers coming from? And what happened to all the all the older drivers that we we knew and, and that we are used to seeing on the track? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. NASCAR has some stars coming into the sport. I really think, you know, Chase Elliott is already a star. I mean, it's hard to argue that he's not. Yeah, he hasn't won yet, but he's a star. You know, he came in with his daddy's last name. You know, he's Awesome Bill from Dawsonville's son, the most popular driver 16 times, I believe it was. So, I mean, even more than Dell Jr. Because Dell Jr. only was most popular, I believe, 14 times. This guy came in with a lot like you're racing for Hendrick, your junior's teammate, your dad is Bill Elliott, like, and the fans love you. And it's huge, the, yeah. huge shoes to fill. 
don't even think he has huge shoots to fill. He just has a tremendous amount of he is the man with him. He just has to live up to the hype and become the man. But we have a couple of stars. I think he he is a star. Kyle Larson is a star because he's a great racer. He may not have all the fanfare, but he's he's a great racer. Bubba coming into the sport. Bubba is, as he said, the one. He is going to be somebody to watch. And let's just keep it real. Ryan Blaney hair is the star. So, you know, you know, I have to throw that out there. <laughs> you ain't lying. You got Ryan. I, I mean, dude, I got a good picture of him in the garage. And that guy, he just has European Formula One written all over him. Oh, doesn't he? Yeah, I can't I mean, wait to see him do the double. I hope they get it together and let him run the double. And then maybe like, eventually. Who's this kid hanging out with? Justin Bieber? I'm like, man, this kid has just got like this swag going he on. He has about it. Himself. That that's it right? in a nutshell. He oh. has it. Now <laughs> Oh my goodness. So as we talk about this changing of the guard that has happened, because you can no longer say it's happening, it already happened. You have some young stars, but I would be remiss to say that with all that we just said, none of these guys are Dale Jr. caliber, Tony Stewart caliber, cousin Carl, none of these guys have that it thing that they had and this is just my opinion Renee I mean you may think different but I don't know I just feel like not that you can compare apples to oranges and you shouldn't but NASCAR may be in trouble well I think they may be in trouble to a certain extent but I don't think that they're going to be in that much trouble I think it's going to take a moment for NASCAR fans to really like understand what's happening or what has happened or what is gonna happen but I kind of see it going in a direction where there may be some dark clouds, maybe for a moment. The sun will come through those clouds very quickly, I believe. Tam, I'm going to be honest with you because it's just like what we were just talking about right now. And these younger guys, I mean, they're coming in and there's going to be some personalities that we're going to have to get used to, but they might be for the better of the sport. And uh, I think I don't see NASCAR running into that much of a problem. Especially if some of these other veterans may come back and show a little of some of that old schoolness where they come in and just kind of like overshadow a little bit and go, hey, you know, you young guys are here. I get it. But don't forget, I'm still here, too. And what I mean by that is Kyle Busch. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's still there. And some of these other drivers that have been around for a while as well that are still driving. I think some of these guys, I mean, and, and speaking of which, your boy Clint Boyer, I expect Clint Boyer to do great things next season. I really do. And I hope he sticks around for another couple of years because Clint Boyer is another guy I really don't want to see leave. I think if Clint Boyer leaves anytime soon, I will really hang up my hat. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're gonna to jump off the roof. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because now we it becomes a thing where it's no personality. Nobody can yeah, replace you're right. that guy. You know, speaking of personality, I want to see more A.J. Allmendinger. Like, I feel like NASCAR needs to figure out a way to put him out there a little bit more. Like, granted, if he won a race, we would see him a little bit more. But he's a personality. He has a great personality. You know, a lot of people always talk about Matt DiBenedetto. Okay, I completely butchered his name. Help me out, Renee. If he was shown more, I would probably pronounce his name. But, yeah. Who was it? Matt DiBenedetto. Oh, yeah, that's a oh man, that's a that's such a hard one. Yeah, I think I still messed it up. So <laughs> it's Matt DiBenedetto. 
Okay. Yeah. There it is. I think I said there it. There you go. Okay. Round of applause but- to Tam. Yay. Okay. But, you know, I've had a couple of people randomly tweet and say, Matt is the guy. I follow him on Twitter, so I kind of see a little bit of it. But, you know, if you're not winning, you're not mattering at this point. Like, I hate to just be so blunt. But when you win, then we know you who your name is. When you're not winning, we're like, who is that guy? Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I don't know. But I need to see some personality. I hate to say this, but somebody need to throw some punches. We need to see some tempers flaring. <laughs> right. We we need some temper tantrums. We, we need, need some temper tantrums. Some Tony Stewart isms to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's the only way. Like, I don't know. But on a side note, not to go on and on, but the ratings were down for Miami, from what I understand. Oh, wow. And that's a wow because it was Dale Jr.'s last race. Yeah, and uh, the fact that uh, you had uh, uh, some Martin Truex Jr. fans that I'm sure that are out there somewhere, and just the fact that his whole story, the way his whole story has unfolded, and I'll be honest with you, Tim, and and I wanted to say this earlier in the podcast, but I'm glad we kind of revisited this. I don't know whose interview was more emotional, Martin Truex Jr.'s interview or Dale Jr.'s interview, because even with Dale Jr.'s interview, he held it together. He literally held it together, but you could tell Dale Jr. wanted to break down. You you could almost see it coming. And Martin Tricks Jr. just let it go. I mean, now, and I don't blame the guy because, I mean, there was so much emotion going on there. There were so many things that factored into him winning anyway. It was good to see him finally get to release all of that. But it was still emotional to listen and watch him do that interview. But even Dale Jr. was like, I was like, man, I was like, I, man, if this guy tears up, I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it too. <laughs> Well, ironically, he said that he was balling as Martin Truex Jr. He said he was balling like a baby. He couldn't figure out anything. <laughs> that team went through a lot of adversity this year. And NBC did a great job of reminding you of everything because that was one storyline that I think they just drug on out, took it to pasture and everything else. But I'm excited that he had an opportunity to win a championship. So we'll see what happens next year. I don't know if he repeats, because as we know, it's difficult to repeat. Sure is. But I'm glad that he finally, as they would say, the saying goes, got the monkey off his back. Right, exactly. So on that note, one thing that I do want to talk about is... Oh, wait, I was actually that I for a hot second, I was doing an impression of a comedian. I don't even know who talks like that. It just like came in my head. You're the comedian, Renee. Who who used to talk like that? Bill Cosby. I think that was Bill Cosby who talked like that. Okay. Oh, that was like random. (laughs) He would say, you know, uh, you know, that's like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. There you go. Cousin Carl. I do recall seeing some type of article, some kind of quote where he was talking about he may come back to racing. I got all excited, right. but it wasn't NASCAR racing. It was dirt track racing. Yeah, it was Did more you see dirt that? track racing. Yeah, I read the same thing. And uh, I think the article also kind of was really mentioning how Carl was just reiterating a lot of times what he's done this whole season is. You know, he's kind of like really gotten to the point where he hasn't really thought about racing very much. But those moments where he's alone riding his bike, 
he has this time to let his mind think. And uh, when you have moments like that, you start going back and maybe just kind of like thinking about it. And then those feelings and those urges, they re- rejuvenate that fire of racing. And, and that's ultimately what he said is, has happened. And, and maybe not, you know, cup racing, but to get back onto that dirt track, I mean, you never know where that could lead. His exact words were, I have a feeling I will drive some dirt cars. I love dirt racing. He said, I miss it. Basically, for me, I was riding my bicycle the other day and I was thinking, as you just said, Renee, I'm just getting to where I can get up in the morning and not think about racing and kind of move on. But there will be a time where it'll be real hard not to go up to Moberly, which is a track, a racetrack in Mm -hmm. Missouri. Or come over here to Pervely, which is also a track in Missouri, or something, and race a little bit. When that time comes, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's what he had to say. But that's not what I wanted to hear him say. I'm, I want to hear him <laughs> right. say he's coming back to NASCAR, because that's great for the Dirt fan followers, the people who follow Dirt Racing. But for us NASCAR <laughs> fans, we want to hear that you getting up in the morning, are you on your bike? riding around the city thinking about coming back to NASCAR Cup, right. not to the dirt there track. There you go. Side note, we didn't mention this because we don't want to beat all the storylines in the head even more because I feel like, dude, if I saw another storyline about Dale Jr. and Matt Kenseth coming in together and going out together, I was going to be like, shut up. But I did want to mention what a great, I think it was Saturday night. It was so fabulous. Such a great situation and opportunity. But Dale and Matt Kenseth pose for photos together with their cars. I'm sure all you guys saw the photos, but that was a very awesome moment. I'm glad that I was in Miami. I saw a few things while I was in Miami. So I'm just kind of glad to be a part of when you think about it it was a historic race that's why i'm a little shocked that the ratings were down but the ratings were probably down maybe because people are tired of the same storylines i I don't know why people didn't watch but when i thought about it as i was reflecting on my time in miami sitting in the media center sunday night and just fyi i left the track sunday at about i think 10 o'clock Oh, no, it was 1030 when I left the track on Sunday. Mind you, the race started at 3. I got there at 8 a.m. I got got to Homestead, Miami at 7.50 in the morning. I did not leave the track until 1030 at night. It was great. But as I was saying, I I felt kind of honored to be there, to sit in the media center as Danica announces her last full-time cup season, to be there, to see Dale Jr. race his last race to see Matt probably race his last race, to witness Martin Truex Jr. win his first ever cup championship. There was a lot of first and last at the race. And I'm just very fortunate to be a part of it. And as I always say, shout out to NASCAR. I just sometimes feel grateful that I can be a part of and be as close to a sport that I truly truly love so that's awesome i just went all sentimental on you guys oh give me some tissue okay thank you Not very a pro- much. <laughs> i got a whole box over here okay <laughs> okay so on that note we have covered everything there is to cover from matt kinsett to danica patrick to dell jr 
to Cousin Carl, to the changing of the guards, to we even talked about some young stars coming in the sport. We covered the standings, who's in, who's the man. We covered everything. Yep. What we haven't covered is our fan comment of the week, and we haven't covered something very important, which is shout out to Tam and Renee for doing this for 36 plus weeks. Shout out to you, Renee. Right, Look. right on. And right back at you, Okay, because right people don't understand this is grueling. And for yeah, those totally who is. are wondering what we will be doing during the off season, this is not our final podcast of the season. Renee and I, as I mentioned early, do have plans to be in Las Vegas. So we will probably do one or two more podcasts. And then we're going on vacation, a much needed vacation and we will shut down the podcast as well as the weekly Twitter chat. So we're definitely mm. taking a 60-day break, which is two months. Right. So we'll see you next week. But after that, you don't be surprised if you don't see us until February. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So I guess let's go over the final fan, fan comment. Well, I don't week. know if it's the final fan comment because if we do a podcast next week, we'll probably have one. But okay. let's do... The fan comment of the week, and then we'll close out the show with some final final thoughts. thoughts. Yes, you read my mind. I have two questions that I thought were interesting that were posted during our Twitter chat, which is on Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our Twitter username is at Turns No Breaks, in case you're not following us. But one of our Good friends to the podcast, NASCAR Daily. Shouts out to him. He's kind of been on this journey with us the entire year. He asked a question. In fact, he had a serious question. He wanted to know, do you think the love for motorsports is a blessing or a curse? And he wrote hashtag NASCAR, hashtag IndyCar, hashtag F1. And we had some people weigh in. Graydon Bunn and that smooth operator with two eights. He chimed in and said, bit of both. I live in an area where racing isn't all that popular. I find myself explaining and sometimes defending NASCAR. I'd be shot around here if I said hockey is just fighting on skates. Like people say NASCAR is just circles. Happy to educate though. Hashtag NASCAR talk. That is very interesting because I find myself not so much arguing, but pretty much explaining why I love NASCAR. And if I say, yeah, I watch Formula One here and there, nobody ever argues anything. But when I say that I watch NASCAR, it's why do you watch NASCAR? All they do is go in circles. And I, at that time, always explain to people, it's way more than going in circles. I mean, we just spent almost an hour. I don't even know. I lost track of time, but we've been talking for a good 45 minutes, I'm sure. From personalities to drama on and off the track. So it's more than going in a circle. Just some other comments really quick. Greg Clark, and that's user G Clark tweeted too. He chimed in and said, it's a curse. I have a lot of things I like to try and do on weekends. And taking the time to attend or watch my is a struggle. I think he missed a word on that. But he wrote, hashtag too many hobbies, hard to spend two to 12 hours on a nice Saturday or Sunday in front of the tube or PC. I like mini series. And this is true. It is a curse because we just talked about how we spent 
36 plus weeks talking about NASCAR. And it's more than just talking about NASCAR. We have to prepare the show. We have to do our research. We have to make sure we know what we're talking about. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And let's just read a couple of other tweets really quick. Patrick, and I believe Patrick is in Europe. I'm going to get this straight from now on because it's Patrick who chimes in every week. And there's another guy, Benjamin, and I'll read both of their comments. I think one or the other is in London, but Patrick chimed in. He said, I think it's a blessing. If I didn't follow motorsports, I'm not sure outside of baseball, I'd follow sports. So Patrick is probably the one that's in the U.S. It's probably Benjamin, who is actually in London. And I say that only because nobody in London is following baseball. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's there's way too many sports here in the United States where that you can't follow nothing. Okay, yeah. So Benjamin <laughs> okay. and his user is Benjamin Polson or Polsa 8, and that's P-A-U-L-S-O and a number 8. He said, it's a very tough question, but some weeks it's a blessing. Some weeks it's just a curse because this is so true. And one last comment from Ryan Goodrum, and that's Ryan underscore Goodrum, G-O-O-D-R-U-M. He says, it's a blessing. Motorsports was something my late father enjoyed together. Yes, he was saying that him and his late father enjoyed together. And he goes on to say, watching racing still reminds me of him and I watch with my kids now. That that sums it up right there. I don't need to read any other tweets. Renee, I'm kind of sure I know how you feel, but if you want to chime in, how do you feel about racing? I'm just going to say this. I think it's a, but, and as far as being here in the United States, I think it's both a blessing and a curse only because I want to watch NASCAR on Sundays. And there are moments where I can watch NASCAR on Sundays and I can just focus on NASCAR on Sundays. But in times like this, where you have all these other sports that I'm very passionate about because I'm a sports fanatic, it, it includes every sport that you could possibly think of, especially the major sports that we have in here, like baseball, like football, like basketball. I mean, it was very difficult because as the World Series is going on, and especially when your hometown team is playing in the playoffs and playing in the championship games, like the Astros were, it was very difficult when the games were on on Sundays and kind of like running either at the same time or close to, you know, the NASCAR races. I mean, it's very difficult because then I got to make sure that I record the NASCAR race if I'm not going to watch it and go back and kind of like, you know, watch it all over again. And then the same thing with football. If it's Sunday night football or, you know, my Cowboys are playing during the day and the NASCAR race is overlapping. It's difficult, Tam, because you want to watch everything, but you can. And unless you're like one of these guys that have these TVs where it's got every single thing that you can do with it and you can have four or five different things going on, it's hard. And even if you do have five TVs. You only got two eyeballs. So yeah. <laughs> and it's not like one eyeball can watch one thing that hopefully that's right. you guys got there the you joke. Go. But yeah, for me, it's a blessing and a curse. I enjoy motorsports, but it is controlling my Sundays and it's controlling my Mondays and Tuesdays for that matter. So it's a blessing and a curse. There are things that I love about it. There are times where I'm like, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. I'm just over everything. But yeah, I cannot not watch a race. That's just the reality. Even when, yeah. first of all, I rarely miss a race on a Sunday. 
Because when my friends are like, hey, you want to go to brunch? I'm like, no, I got to watch this race. And there are times where I will have to go out. But I can tell you those times are far few and in between because Sundays, my Sundays are controlled by the boob tube and what time the NASCAR race comes on. So for me, it's a blessing and a curse. As we wrap the show, I do want to get your final thoughts on the season. What did you ultimately think? Was it a good or bad season? Or actually, should we save this question to, for next week? I don't know. We could do that. We, you know what? That that sounds like a great idea only because as we do next week and we're in Vegas and we can kind of like see all the drivers after the races and, and the season is over, I think that would be a great way to end the, the uh, next week's podcast. Okay. So let's end this week's podcast then. Actually, I think we ended it on a great note, to be honest with you, to tell you the truth, because that was a great way to uh, wrap that up. Okay, so I'll tell you what, Renee usually does it, but I'll do it this week. Thank you you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever else you can download the podcast. Do so. I don't know. Because Renee usually does this part of the show, so forgive me if I'm stumbling a little bit. No, that's okay. You're doing fantastic. Okay, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> and make sure to follow us on all social. You can Please. check us out on Instagram because we are posting again on Instagram. I actually, from the race, posted some photos to the stories. We have a couple of photos on now. I had made a promise to myself, and I will make this promise public to you guys that I'm going to try to post a photo at least every day or every other day throughout the off season. I mean, I have thousands of NASCAR photos. And if you ever been to our Instagram account, you know, I take some pretty damn great, great photos of behind the scene. So hopefully you guys will get with us on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook, because we are somewhat active on Facebook. And we don't talk about it a lot, but please head over to our website at allturnsnobreaks.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And on our website, you can get everything you need to know about NASCAR because we do a weekly roundup of all the NASCAR news and that's posted on our website. On that note, I will let Renee close the show with his statement that he says every week. Absolutely, Tam. And I just want to tell everybody that's listening to our podcast and that does listen to our podcast, we do from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for supporting our podcast, listening to our podcast. And we really, really do appreciate that. And as I always say for Tam, for myself, I always appreciate also the fact that the things that we do, not only behind the scenes, but not just myself, I'm talking about Tam. And I know I said thank you very much earlier in the podcast. But I really do want everybody to know what a great deal that Tam does behind the scenes to put this show together. The things that she does away from putting our show together, it's really, really difficult for her because of the busy schedule that she has. And it's grueling. And I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, Tam. I really, really do appreciate it. And for Tam and myself, thank you guys for listening in. Be kind to each other. And we will see you again one more time next week. Thank you, Renee. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 